We are all welcome in Jesus' name. And in the next few minutes, I hope to just share with us along the theme for the year, because I know God is still working, and He will perfect His work in our lives. Psalm 29, verse 11, the Lord will give strength to His people. The Lord will bless His people with peace. Hallelujah. It's part of the blessing of the Lord to teach us principles. And that's what we will talk about today. Um, I believe with all my heart that there is no one who does not want peace. You agree with me? There's nobody. Even those that are causing mayhem all over the world, deep within their hearts, they believe they are representing an ideology of peace. And they believe it. You may not. They do. The only thing is that most people, including possibly some of us sitting here, we do not know fully how to pursue peace. Or we go about it the wrong way. Because Proverbs 14 verse 12 says, there is a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. So, it can also be said of many, as it says in Isaiah 59, Isaiah 59 verse 8, it says that the way of peace they do not know. I pray that today the Lord will show us the way of peace, and our peace shall be manifest. So if you want to title to the message, you can call it the way of peace. As it says in Isaiah 59, it says, the way of peace they have not known. And there is no justice in their ways. You probably will be aware there are wars in homes just to have peace. There are people that go into destructive habits, and the only reason they've done that is so that they can have some peace. You are quite aware of that. But also, we cannot deny the fact that life is full of challenges and troubles. Amen. But there was one who had so much challenges and troubles, and yet he had peace. And you know that person is the Lord Jesus. You might say, well, not quite. Well, in the next few minutes, I will paint the picture of what the world of the Lord Jesus Christ was. And you probably agree with me that his world was not much different from your own and mine. I will describe his life in concentric circles or rings. The outermost part of his life, or the outermost part of that ring, is the general problems humans face. Bad weather, flood, storm. There was one day he experienced storm. Mark chapter 4, you remember? Mark 4, 35 to 41. There was another day he experienced bereavement. His cousin was brutally murdered. Judicial murder. And in actual fact, Mark, Matthew chapter 14, Matthew 14, verse 13, the Bible said Jesus was so affected by it when he had it, he just went away to a quiet place to just go and mourn. Just go and mourn his, his cousin. In actual fact, in Mark chapter, Matthew chapter 11, the cousin was challenging him and said, I'm not going to do anything. He said, Are you not the Messiah? And I look, see this. 
If we may use what probably the word was that was in the heart of John the Baptist. Probably he was not the guy that was going to hold anything by. He said, this scoundrel, how can he just chain me like that? I was telling him the truth. And well, just not only me, it could have been the voice of me alone speaking in the wilderness. But you are here, Messiah. Are you not going to get me out? Jesus Christ said, blessed is he who is not offended in me. And it was not just John the Baptist that felt it. In actual fact, John the Baptist felt the pain less than the Lord. Because after all, the ones that transition is gone. It's just in a moment and it was gone. But it affected the Lord. That was part of his life. What was his life again? He had money problems. In Matthew chapter 17. Oh, he did have money problems. Matthew 17, verse 24. Matthew chapter 17, verse 24. He said, Jesus had it and he departed. No, Matthew 17, verse 24. Thank you. 17. You need to help me today, if you may, please. Matthew 17, 1, 7. All right. When they had come to Capernaum, those who received the temple tax came to Jesus, to Peter, and said, does your teacher not pay the tax? Now, if you probably think that they came in in a nice manner, very polite manner, they don't. There's no tax man that comes in a polite manner. I hope you know that. You received those letters before. They are never polite. They're going to tell you, you've not paid your tax, and these are the penalties. If you don't pay in seven days, you pay 20% extra, and go on like that. Verse, the next verse, please. And he said, yes, um, and when he had come into the house, Jesus anticipated him saying, what do you think, Simon? From whom do the kings of the earth take customs or taxes for their sons or from their strangers? You know, the long and short of the story was verse 26. The Lord Peter said unto him, from strangers, Jesus said unto him, then the sons are free. The next verse, very quickly, please. Nevertheless, lest we offend them, go to the sea, cast in a hook, and take the fish that comes out first. And when you have opened his mouth, you will find a piece of money. Take that and give it to them for me. And you believe you me, Jesus didn't have money at all. When you don't have money at all, God give you the ability to work miracles. <laughs> the Lord didn't have money at all. And look at Simon. He says, Simon, before we do long theology, let's just pay. Let's just pay. Let's just pay. Let's just pay. So he had money problems. So that was the outermost circle of his life. And that was common to everybody. It was common to kings. It was common to paupers. It was common to everybody. What about the second ring of his life? Or the second circle of his life? In the nation he was living at that time, there was an oppressive, violent Roman government over there. And if you have been under such government, you will understand. If you have been in the time of, of Idi Amin in Uganda, if you have been in the time of, you know, Chechescu in Romania, if you have been in the time of Abacha in Nigeria, if you have been in the time of all those despots, some of you experience Abacha, you can relate to that. You may not be, you know, Uganda here related to that, it's never a time of peace. Because the oppressive thing is that you don't know who will be caught next. And believe you me, it was so important to the Lord Jesus Christ that there was a disturbance in the central government at that time that it featured in one of his messages. In Matthew chapter 5 verse 39, it featured there, Matthew 5 39. And he was telling them that, look, but I tell you not to resist an evil person. But whoever slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other onto him. Well, if you don't think he was talking about the thing that happens to everybody, the next verse will tell you that. Next verse, please, very quickly. If anyone wants to sue you and take away your tunic, let him have your cloak also. The next verse, please. And whoever compels you to go one mile, go with him too. He was talking specifically about Roman soldiers at that time. They were so out of the, they are totally out of control. You will just be walking because they were in control. You know, out of control, but in control. In control of the situation, they will just see someone, they're carrying, you know, maybe they are fatigued, you know, they are load or whatever. And they just say, hey, you come on, carry it. And say, how far? It's always how far you ask. 
He might just say one mile. After one mile, and you want to put it that well, I've carried one mile. He said, you keep going. That was the world in which the Lord was. There was another circle inside that, the Herodian system. Now, when you, the, the way the Romans ruled, the, the word that they used, the indirect rule, and it's a very good way to rule. It's the easiest way to rule, actually. And most of the empires that were, especially the near, the, 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 the latest empires the world knew, clear-cut empires, like the British Empire and the French, they tried to have an empire. They didn't eventually have one, but the British Empire was a good Indirect rule was what was used. They had the viceroy right there in India. They have the governor generals in Nigeria and most of the English-speaking part of the world. And the problem with indirect rule is that the king or the emperor that was the queen uh, who was sitting there in England, delegates authority to his representative there, who was a governor, and that was the position in which um, some of the governors that were, uh, that Pilate was, was a governor. But under the governors, you have the local people, the Jewish people, or those, those are the Herod. Now, the Herods themselves, they were not true Jews, but leave that for one moment, but they used up the power, so they were like kings. Herod was like a king. Now, the problem within the right rule is that you have one person to please. Who do you want to please? The man above. And the way you can please them is the more oppressive you become. That was where Jesus was. And believe me, the Herodians, they probably gave him more problems. That was the kind of life the Lord lived. To the extent that in one place, they came and accused him, you know, to set a trap for him. I think that should be in Matthew chapter 22, verse 15. Matthew 22, verse 15, quickly, please. Thank you very much. Then the Pharisees went and plotted out they might entangle him in his talk. The next verse, please. And they sent to him their disciples with the Herodians. Saying, teacher, we know that you are true and and teach the way of God in truth, nor do you care about anyone, for you do not regard the person of their setting him up. Next verse. (laughs) Too clever for them. Tell us, therefore, what do you think? Is it lawful to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Now, they were so clever, they knew where they were getting that from. Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 15, because there was a law that specifically states that a Jew man should not be under any other king. And so they were going to carry, so it's one of those wisdom of the Lord that I love. I warm to those wisdom. The wisdom of, you know, bringing a woman caught in adultery, I say, arbitrate. If you say, let her go, you're in trouble. If you say, um, punish her, well, you are preaching love, and you are preaching grace. Well, and Jesus maneuvered, he maneuvered here too. In Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 15, there was a very good one there, and that was what the Lord maneuvered. If you want to tell me that wouldn't cause you headaches and heartache, you must be very strong. He said, you shall surely set a king over you, whom the Lord your God chooses, one from among your brethren. You shall set as king over you. You may not set a foreigner over you who is not your brother. So a Jew is not supposed to be under anybody. Ah. And so there the Lord Jesus Christ was, who has said that I have not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. And of course, the Lord maneuvered very well. You know the rest of the story? He said what? Give unto Caesar. May God give you the right wisdom at the right time. And painted the picture of the word of our Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you yourself, you have been set up anytime you go to that office. Maybe in your neighborhood, maybe in your family, you have been set up all the time. There's always one trap or another. Your life is not different from that of the Lord. Even maybe in the church, there are people that are setting you up. Maybe in the, in the vicinity, people are watching our words. And watching whether we will say it's right or say it's wrong. There's another circle inside of that, the religious system. The Pharisees, Sadducees, and the scribes. The Pharisees, they were setting trial. The Sadducees, they were scheming. The scribes, they were arguing the law at every opportunity. Inside that ring is disciples fighting one another, disbelieving him, skeptical, very slow in getting it. 
Up to the extent of Matthew 17, verse 17, he says, how long shall I be with you and you will not get it? If you tell me that will not disturb somebody's peace, you must be a superman. And that probably was the, the, the hardest for him, really. Because the, the disciples, they make it very chaotic. They were even fighting one another, trying to say, I'm better than you. And when you have a chaotic team, believe you me, it's not funny. That was the lost team. His team was very chaotic. The man has not died. They started to succeed him. Right is very present. It's like children selling, uh, Daddy, so who will take that house now? I said, am I dead yet? He said, I learned that you had another heart in uh, Spain. Who, who, who will take that one? And they were already, already dividing the inheritance when the Lord was here. Very troubling time. Of course, inside that, there was his own family as well. John chapter 7, verse 5, they never believed in him. John 7, verse 5. I said, his own people did not believe in him. Wow. Believe me, that hurts. And if you read all of John chapter 7, it's very, very interesting. John chapter 7, very, very For even his brothers did not believe in him. Very interesting. I mean, they were teasing him. They said, just go to Jerusalem. He said, that's where everybody is. You know those kind of members of the family that you are ashamed of? Just want to get rid of them. Because anytime he walks down, everybody says, huh. That guy has come again. Because they thought he was actually not in his right senses. Because he was not complying to what was going on everywhere. Inside that ring, there's personal conflict and temptations. I hope you know he had his own temptations. Apart from Matthew chapter 7, chapter 4, you're not listening to me. You, you don't believe Jesus had temptations? Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. He was tempted. He had inner conflicts. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 17. For we have not a high priest who cannot be touched. Therefore, since the promise remain of Entering, um, to have come short of, just move to the next one, please. Next verse, please, if you may. For indeed, the gospel was preached, uh, Hebrews 4. Is that 4? 15. For we have not a high priest. Let me just open my own Bible. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Are you hearing that? But was what? In all points, tempted as we Yet, tell me the point human beings are tempted. Number one, be, be very, very straight and graphic with me. What are the areas we are tempted? In lust, good. So Jesus must have been tempted with lust. Maybe some, yes. Oh, you think I'm blaspheming? If he was tempted in every, he didn't sin. Maybe the, the, the thought come to that, that was a beautiful one. Jesus said, Satan get behind me. Because he knew the voice from outside, different from the voice from inside. Ah, that one looks good. He said, get me behind me, Satan, which looks good. What was it tempted with again? What are other things that happened that we get, that we face? Pride. It's probably sometimes you just feel like, you know, being very pompous. That was part of the four temptations, the three temptations he faced. What are the things that we do face? Eh? Money. Money. Just to say, look, man, this guy has some good money to make here. Just like Gehazi fell for that. He healed many rich people. And this, there's every reason to just say, look, before we do, let's do a deal. Oh, you didn't think that could have crossed his mind? Or not crossed his mind? Did ever could not have tried it with that? If he was tempted enough, unless the scripture is not true. Hallelujah. Anger. Sometimes we'll have just really, really want to lose it. Amen. So he had his own personal trouble. And just on Wednesday, I think it was Sarah River that contributed that. When we were listening, she started this. When we were listening, things that can disturb peace. She said, Lord, somebody said pride. And I put everything together. I said, sin. So there's a possibility that all these things were there. And yet, with all this going on, he slept through a storm 
peacefully. And my message, why? So, this is what you need to listen to. Why? Why? How come? With all this going around, circle one, circle two, circle three, circle four, seven of them. And if you can add one or two, probably that's all the concentric circle of chaos and disturbance that every human being will face. Why? Why was this man peaceful? Despite all this going around him. Number one, he trusted God. He trusted God. And thank you, choir, for that. Um, you know, for, for especially the, the, the summary of um, Sister Uchechi, fantastic. You know, we just need to trust him. And the trust that Jesus had in God is summarized in Luke chapter 23, verse 46. Luke chapter 23, verse 46, where he said, Unto thy hand I commit my spirit. Trust. He trusted God. You know, we need to also find out the kind of trust. There are many kinds of trust. There's the trust between enemies. I hope you know enemies have some trust in themselves. When the Cold War was going on between the USSR, the Soviet Union, and the West, essentially, championed by the United States of America, there was a mutual trust that nobody would detonate a nuclear bomb. It's trust. You might be surprised. So that's not the kind of trust, because that could have been broken. That was not the kind of trust that Jesus had in God. There was a trust between employers and employee. We know that gets regularly broken. Gets regularly broken. Promises. What is my career path here? Oh, so rosy. You know, um, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, that's where I see you in five years. But thanks be to God. Very soon, you'll be an employer yourself. And God will help you. You will not need to break those promises. And they break the promises not because they want to sometimes, just because they haven't got the power to keep the promises. They just haven't got the power. There are trusts between friends. And you know friends, when the pressure can be too high sometimes, they can back out. There are trusts between, you know, husband and wife. Unfortunately, it gets broken sometimes. Fortunately, but the greatest trust, actually human relationship, is between a little child and the parent. The trust of a child in the mother. The trust of a child in the father. Their own father. That's why, unless you've got some magnetic grace upon you, those little children, bring them here. If another father, looking so much like the father, wants to take them, they don't accept them. They'll go back. Immediately, the real father turns up. The child stretches the Occasionally, they can do you a favor. But at the end of the day, their primary allegiance is to their father. They trust the father. And that's the father that will throw them up, and the child will be smiling. Anybody want me to try that one? If you are light enough, Solomon. <laughs> I just pick you and throw you and see what will happen. But it's because... That's why Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 to 3, unless you be converted and become like these little children, is that trust, that ability to rest in it. That's the kind of trust Jesus, and that gives peace. Because when the child is thrown up, the child is unruffled. The child is uncaring because he trusts the father so much that there's nowhere under the sun that is going to drop me. No way. 
But immediately the child starts growing up and gets to a stage in which he knows father can have cramps. He starts closing one eye and open the other one. They start having some sense. Bad news I had, you know, from a far distance, a man, gentleman, unfortunately, you know, just went into the pool, had, they didn't know what happened, had cramp, you know, it became fatal, they just found him in the pool. Was it cramp? Was it heart attack? Anything can happen to any human being. But that's why you must remain a child with God. Stop thinking of what can go wrong. Because that is the problem. That's why we don't have peace. Some of us, if I want to ask you to list 10 things that can go wrong before you get home tonight, you give me 20. The moment you get to the point which we say, yeah, we can need to be proactive, yet we need to, to be wise, but at the end of the day, please, don't major in negative. And trust of a child does not major in negative. The child just believes that all will be well. Tell your neighbor all will be well. Some of you, if you tell me all will be well the way you are saying it, I won't believe you. In fact, I will know. <laughs> I'll be so afraid that all will be well. Tell them convincingly that all will be well. <laughs> and it will be well in the name of Jesus. Amen. Trust him. That's what Jesus used. He trusted the father. He trusted the father with his life. You know, it, Isaac was a type of Jesus. I mean, how can you say, let's go and I will sacrifice you and the boy? That, 100% like Jesus. He was a 100% type like Jesus. Never gave the father a problem one day. Was a child of promise. Was everything about it. That was Jesus. Right onto the cross. Trusted the father. If the father were to lead us through difficult situations, we would trust him. We would trust him. Isaiah 26 verse 3. Isaiah 23, 26 verse 3. He said, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind he stayed on you because he trusts in you. Now, that repetition is for emphasis. How many times did you repeat trust there? Just two. If your mind is stayed on someone that's trust, and then he repeated it properly, if you don't get it, he said, because he trusts in you. You understand that one? So that's for emphasis. His mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Real trust and faith is not my will but yours be done. And he taught us in Luke chapter 11 verse 2. He said, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is real trust and faith. Not my will but yours. But I may not understand. It may look so dark. It may look impossible. In fact, it, I, I, I just can't understand why I would believe in you and this will happen unto me. Trust is to know that out of it all, God will bring his gem. Out of it all, he will bring his glory. Number two. Why would Jesus, with all those concentric circles of trouble and problems and chaos, why will he still be in peace? And please take note of that. If you begin to develop yourself in that area, if I begin to develop myself in that area, I will just trust God. Irrespective. I don't know. I may not know where the next rent will come from, where the next mortgage will come from. Lord, I just trust. I will do the bits I can do. Believe you mean he will perform it. The sister may not have been trusting God that the ceilings will be repaired free, but still God repaired free, and we could see, we see a lot of fun in that. That's God. If you pull your hair everywhere, oh, ceiling, oh, that in the midst of that, the boiler got sorted, the ceiling got sorted, probably the house got probably hoovered and well and tidy. Usually they do that, amen. Just don't pray that the wall will be affected so that they can paint it another time. <laughs> I'll build you a new house altogether. 
He trusted. Why was Jesus at peace? Number two, he understood people. And I will spend a little bit of time on this one. He understood people. Oh, Jesus understood people. In actual fact, the greatest challenge we have in our time is that we don't understand people. That's the greatest reason why we have heartaches. If you have the New Living Translation, please turn to John chapter 2 for me. John chapter 2 and verse 24. The New Living Translation. I just want to see that and we'll talk a little bit about that. If you don't have, just say, fantastic. The Lord has given to us the whole land. John. God bless you, Max. <laughs> but Jesus didn't trust them. Did you see the difference now? He trusted God, but understand people. Because he knew what? He what? Our own problem is that we trust people and we try to understand God. Understand people. Jesus knew that human beings are fickle. He knew that human beings are weak. He knew that human beings can be really, really terrible, but they are redeemable. Because if he just knew how bad human beings are and no hope for them, he would not relate unto them. He knew human beings can be really, really fickle. I mean, that's why he dealt with Peter. But he also knew that human beings can be helped. He under, do you understand people at all? You know, many of you, you pull your hair and, ha, ah, ah, ha, you mean, you mean she did that? Yeah, human beings. I can't believe it. And you, night upon night, you are not sleeping. Instead of making allowance, say, look, human beings will be dust, we always be dust. That's why one day dust must go back to dust. And the spirit go back unto him that gave it. Human beings, we always understand people. Talk less. And I give you a formula. If you listen more, if you look more, you will love more. Because you will understand people. Many a times, people's reaction are not taken seriously by us to understand where they were coming from. It is the hurting that hurts. Many a times, ah, ah, you know, she's always cantankerous. She's always, he's always that, is that. Do you know where he was coming from? Make allowance for people. Understand people. You will worry less. Just know, just try to understand. Someone is constantly, in some places, before you say one word, somebody has said three words. Or you say, ah, what's this brother? He's always very manipulating. Anytime we see that, he's just turn things around. Well, he grew up manipulating because that's the only way he could have survived. The father had five wives. And when they are all sitting down, about 12 children are eating at the same time. Tell me how that boy grew up to that extent without dying. That was the only weapon he knew. Many years back, a brother actually confided in me because I found that he was very, very, anything we put down, it's not food only. He would just, you could say, why are you? And the spirit of the Lord, you know, just touched his heart and he confessed. He said, that's the only life I ever knew. I never knew, I can't wait for anything. And I can't judge people. You know me, by the grace of God, I have other challenges in my growing up, but that was not it. I could wait for anything. If you don't invite me, I don't come. 
If you don't ask me to come, maybe that's why sometimes, you know, people say, ah, pastor, you should have itinerary ministry. I should be knocking and begging people. Whatever God wants, he brings to me from top to bottom. I will do my part, but, but some people, they say, ah, nothing has happened in two weeks. Oh, God. Oh, God. God, that's all they knew. That's all they That's, that's survival mode. If you understand them, and then you will not have peace because, you know, the person may not have peace because you're then looking at them. Ha, ha, oh, oh. Calm down. That's what God has given to you to work with. Jesus understood so well that he understood Judas. Do you know the way Jesus told Judas when Judas was going to betray him? You know what Jesus said to him? What did he say to him? Eh? Can you imagine someone that's going to betray you? And I was, I can, by the Holy Spirit, I can guarantee Jesus was not angry. I said, you, you. <laughs> Jesus must have just cast a glance and said, go and do what you have to do. I mean, people will, not more than that. He didn't even go on and railing and say, ah, Judas, Judas, Judas. After I've done for you. You are, you are the treasurer. You still taking money. Judah! I was at peace. I just said, is that what you want to do? Off you go. When Peter denied him, not once, not twice, not three, the third time, and the Bible said, and Jesus looked at him. What kind of look did you think he said? Do you think it's a look of It was a look of pity. Ah, Peter. And that's why in John chapter 21, I went back to him. I said, love it, that me more than this. And he made him to repeat the denier three times so that he could know that his wife clay forever. It was a look of understanding. We begin to understand people now. The Lord will help you. <laughs> I'm not hearing any answer from you. <laughs> He will give us grace. And the first person to understand is who yourself. Who is the first person to understand? Why? You don't know. You can think that you are this and that until you're in that situation. That's why it's very difficult to be very judgmental. That's why judge now that you may not be judged. It's very easy to say, ah, never. Never say never. You can say never only when God is backing you and protecting you. Let the edge of protection be removed and you will find out. Uh, your elder brother said it now, Peter. I can never deny you. Even Thomas doubting what didn't deny Jesus. The ones you think could not do it, could have easily done it. If you are going to pick people who will deny Jesus, who will pick number one? Maybe Thomas. Well, Judas, because, you know, he never even manifested he would do that until he did it, except that the master knew him. So you need to understand yourself. You need to understand your weakness. You need to understand your strength. There's a lot of strength in you. There's grace in you. No, you are not, you are not, a, you are not a walking jellyfish. There's strength in you, and you can harness it. And every human being, we have capacity to do far beyond you can imagine. For instance, you have capacity to fast for 30 days dry. Amen.
Or at least you have capacity to fast for 50 days, having one meal a day. You have capacity to be used by God as a major evangelist in this city. You do. If he puts his word in your mouth, do you think there's a difference between you and the great men that God used? Nothing. It's just his grace. And so understand yourself. Finally, what's the first one that we said? If we're going to pattern our lives after Jesus and live a life. Because when you do all these things, you find out that all the things that rattle us and worry us and make us freak out or whatever, they'll begin to simmer. When you trust in God, when you understand people, Including yourself, amen. When you understand your children, knowing that they are just children, you don't. They will. They will change. They will be changed. Everything will be okay. It just has to be okay. Hallelujah. When you understand your wife, when you understand your husband, is this the man I married? Is the woman I married? It will still be well. Hallelujah. It will be well. Number three. Finally, he served people. He served people. And I personally believe that it's a lot easier and peaceful to serve than to get people to serve you by force. It takes a lot of strength for you to pull people, you know, to serve. So choose to serve. Choose to serve. You know, it might not be a perfect way of doing it, but it gives me peace, especially when I have too many things on my plate. I want simple things done, maybe at home, or even a few DIYs in church. I just couldn't phone anybody or whatever. I've got a few, a free one hour that I want to exercise or whatever, rather than go to the gym or whatever. I just take the hammer and just do one or two things around. You know, it's my father's house, just like your father's house. You know, and I just find that it's probably a lot easier than you know, asking somebody, making three, four, five phone calls, I've, I find out a way to just be peaceful sometimes. Sometimes at home, instead of, you know, especially you have, you know, growing children that, you know, everybody's dream, try to do things at their own pace, just get up and do it. Now, I'm using that as a loose example to tell you that sometimes rather than getting people to serve you, you serve them. Because it, it, it creates... And in fact, service itself is not a blessing unto those being served. It's a blessing unto the person who is serving. Because it brings peace. There's, there's, there's a lifting of your heart. It, it has value to you. Some of us, we like to cross our legs and cross our hands and just order people around to do things. Let that change. Jesus was not like that. He washed the feet of the disciples. He washed their feet. But in specific manner, just before I start to round up, he encouraged them. He made them believe that they can do anything. I plead with you in the name of Jesus. At least use uh, is that Pareto principle, what I call it, the 80-20 principle for the kind of words you speak. Let 80% of your words be words of encouragement and let only 20% be words of challenging them. And that is a percentage I'm trusting God I will obtain myself. 
In a world that is filled of so much stress and chaotic, it's very easy to tell people what to do rather than just encourage them you can do it. You know, we, we, we've done that in some of the groups that have taken weather as, as, as um, leaders in the church when we meet. And I think we've done that before. We just say, no, but everybody today, just write on a sheet of paper, you know, what is the positive thing you know about this? What is their virtue? You'll be surprised when you focus on the positive in somebody's life, you'll be surprised what you come up with. You'll be shocked. I've done it with the office staff sometimes. I just say, everybody just tell me something good about this person. If I were to call you here now, and I say, quickly, tell me something good about this brother. And I say, you have only 10 seconds to say it. Five things. I hope you'll be able to do so. If I want to make it worse, if I say, husband, wife, come forward. Husband, tell me five things about your husband quickly. You know, about your wife. Eh, what do you say? I say, huh? But you won't see it if you've not been focusing on it. You won't see it if you've not made that your main point of attraction. Jesus was an encourager. Please, let's encourage one another. And when I used to say it's a lovely church to be, I meant it not because of my leadership role here, but because I'm amongst very good people. And I know it from the bottom of my heart, I'm among very good people. If I'm not, I probably would have had gray hair. I know people a lot younger than myself, their heads, well, we're all genetically made differently. But I still believe stressless life has made the gray even to go further away. Speak good unto people around you. Let them know that you are there to build them and not to tear them. Jesus also provided for them. He met their needs. He provided food for them. Matthew 14, verse 16. Um, the disciples were going to send them away. Jesus Christ said, give them something to eat. Amen. He gave them hope and vision. Matthew 28, Matthew 28, 18 to 19, and Luke chapter 10, verse 19. So, in summing up, I have much more to say, but we need to bring this way close. This same Jesus, who was a master of Bringing chaotic situation under control is here today. Is here. Right in this place. And he wants to take somebody's hand and lead them in the way of peace. Just say, look, that's not the way to do it. The way to do it is not by railing and fighting all the time. The way to do it is not by being grumpy. The way to do it is not by malice. That's a way of peace. Let me show you. Come on with me. The way to do it is not by undermining him or her. The way to do it is not by distrusting me, God, and start accusing me. How oh, you are God, where is your face? The way to do it is just trust me. The way to do it is understand people and start to serve them. And I'm sure he will do it for as many as are willing that. They want to receive such ability from him in the name of Jesus. Maybe this is the first time that you want to make such a decision or you want to renew that decision, which practically every one of us should anyway, as we pray generally. Renew that decision that Jesus will be my leader. He will guide me. He will show me what to do. This word is popping up again. This particular phrase is coming, popping up again. And I, I need to give it. It's, it's not something revelatory. Um, 
let your life goal be to seek to understand people rather than seek that people will understand you. You heard of it before. It might be for somebody here. Your complainer tells me, he just doesn't know what I'm feeling. You don't understand me. You don't understand me. How many times have you said, I don't lift your hand? So many times. You just don't understand me. No? Before you talk about him understanding you, she understanding you, you understand him. And I'm sure that will be very liberating for somebody here. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. All right. Did you get anything from the message? Are you sure? Is there anything you will take away from here and go and act upon? Might be a good time for us to just please honor God and stand together and pray. The way of peace. unto him right now and say, Lord, my trust is in you. It may look so gray. It may look so dark. It may look so cold and impossible and, and fire may have even gone out of my life. But Lord, I will trust in you. I will trust in you. I find my hiding in you. I find my shelter in you. I find my succor in you. I give all to you, my Savior. 
the way of peace, the way of peace. He has gone ahead on that road for us and he's asking, come with me, come with me and I will lead you in the path of peace. I will lead you in the path of peace. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Just let me pray for you if you know that you want to have a closer walk with God or you just want to surrender unto him completely. We ask that the presence of the Spirit of the Lord will be here this morning to the afternoon and he is here already. So wherever you are, just lift your hand, let me identify you. I want me to pray for you specifically that you will enter into a deep level of walk with Jesus. God bless you. Raise it very well. God bless you. I think that's one. God bless you. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, see these ones. Just fill them in a special way. Hold them by the hand and lead them in that path of peace. Lead them. Let it be a new day in their life. Mm, it's like a river. Joy like a mountain, the wind of your spirit. Drop the key for me. I think I was trying to sing with you. It's like a Jesus, let every hard areas of our lives be subject unto your power and release us into the place of your promise in the name of Jesus Christ. We will trust in you. We will love people around us and we will serve them. And the joy that you knew and the peace that you experienced, Lord Jesus, will be our portion as well in the name of Jesus. Do us good, O oh God. Lord, I pray. This, I pray this prayer. I suppose I pray this together, Lord, but I just pray over your children that we will all choose the way of peace and life. Just help us, O oh God. And I also pray, Lord, that our end shall be peace. 
It might be the end of a project, let it be peace. It might be the end of a relationship, let it be peace. It might be the end of our life, at the end of it all, let it be peace in the name of the Lord Jesus. We shall all finish strong and we shall finish well. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, where there is feebleness and weakness, we receive strength and we receive grace to excel. We go into this week reassured that we have the Holy One with us. And indeed, our peace will know no bounds. We honor you, our Heavenly Father, for you are always with us. Thank you for hearing us. Jesus' most wonderful name we pray. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, give the Lord praise, give him praise, give him praise.